Hello, my name is Stephen Smith, the owner of 3Pi Squared, and this is the ABA Business Leaders Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our membership program. 3Pi Squared has helped over 700 ABA practices start up and expand. Our membership has over 45 hours of content from experts in the fields of law, accounting, diversity and inclusion, childhood development, mindfulness, business development, HIPAA compliance, marketing and branding, billing, and more. We also have discounts on things like our 3Pi Squared handbooks, professional liability insurance, background checks, HIPAA compliant email, contacts, calendars, and cloud storage. The membership also includes 33 CEUs, live Ask Us Anything events where you can come on and ask your questions as you're going through the program. And in our app, you can also add anonymous questions and get your answers. To learn more about the membership, please go to our website, www.3pisquared.com and click on ABA Business Leaders. And now let's get to the episode. everyone. Hello. Welcome. So why don't we go ahead and turn the slideshow on and then we can give that a couple of minutes for for it to catch up and then we can get started. On sure. That. So yeah, so I reached out to numerous VCBAs uh, through email, VCBAs I know, um, BCBAs through Facebook groups through, so I don't even know really how many I got, but I got a good, a good decent, uh, number of BCBAs who, who are happy to share their feedback. So it's just kind of like, um, here's some information, take it or leave it, (laughs) take whatever information can be useful to you that you can, uh, that you can use. And if it's not useful to you, then, you know, it's just our perspective from where we're coming from and also from other uh, anonymous sources of BCBAs Mm -hmm. who gave us some feedback as well. And some of this, like we've worked with so many BCBAs over the years, right? So like some of this feedback is like, it's just confirming what we already kind of knew. And like you were saying, April, like as we go through this, you know, when we're, when we're working with some, a team, you know, it's like, take what you think is useful and throw away the rest, right? Like, you know. It, I mean, we're just people or, yeah. you know, because we just have, um, you know, I owned an ABA practice for a little over 10 years and Stephen um, has owned 3 Pi Squared now for what, five years, six, Hel- six years mm-hmm. helping. Yeah, we just finished the fifth yep, year anniversary yep. um, and helping other ABA practices start up from from the knowledge that we had from starting our practice, from mistakes we made, but also from all of the um, amazing support people that we reached out to, all of the experts in the field. So yeah, that's just like a little bit about us for anyone who is new here joining us. So welcome everybody. So supporting clinicians. So yeah, so we just did like a word cloud of this was like some of the texts that we got, um, whether you know it was chatting or email, 
uh, that that April got from some of the BCBAs. Some of it was like you know over phone and and stuff. So we, it's not like every word that they talked about. Uh, but we thought that you know this might be insightful. So some of the the big words are like ethical, right? Opportunities, promoting, helpfulness, confidence. Uh, so it's just interesting to see it right in your face like that. That's my opinion. That's all <laughs> we I should get. have had this up before when we were just chit chatting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for those of you who are listening and don't have the visual, it is like Stephen said, just a word cloud with some of the words that popped up multiple times within the feedback that we got. And we'll be talking about a lot of these things as we go. So the first thing that we you can go ahead and move on to the next slide, the caseload management. So um, that's the first thing that we're going to talk about today. And um, so there's like five things to, uh, I guess I should say like the whole topic of it's like the five things to do um, to help support your clinician, your BCPA. Um, and then, uh, then we'll talk about something that is not helpful. All right. So with caseload management, some of the things were, uh, balanced, right? So balanced. So balancing the caseload of like difficult cases, uh, versus less difficult cases, um, like with, uh, the needs, um, the amount of hours prescribed per week or authorized per week. So like if you may have more an intense overall like comprehensive early intervention case that may be like a 30 hour a week case versus three to five hour a week case where you're just working on a focused skill. So then looking at the uh, the number of hours, the difficulty of cases balancing those out. So that's like the BCBA, oh, just because they're good at the kids with aggressive behavior doesn't mean that that should be all the cases on their caseload. Looking at the skill sets of the BCBA, so you may be more willing, you may, you know, want to pair those BCBAs with that skill set that they're good at, but then also balancing that so that you also are matching them with some other clients that might not be as intensive or to give them the ability to learn and to have experience and other skills too. So it's just like that. It really is a case-by-case balancing act of looking at um, like matching those skill sets with um, the needs of the client, balancing the needs of the client so that someone doesn't have too many challenging cases or cases where it's just going to take a lot more support because of the situation and the family's home or um and then also the number of techs that they have on their case load. So depending on how your model is, you you know you may have um, more techs than you have clients for BCBA. Some people just have one tech, one client, you know, one tech for each client. Right. So that maybe that's less to manage. Um, so looking at how many um, BCBA, I mean, how many techs are on there caseload as well, what their skill sets are. Are they newbies? Are they experienced? Uh, Maybe they're experienced, but they're new to this particular kind of case or don't have this particular skill. Maybe they've asked to grow um, and get more support or more experience at a certain level. So now you've put them on this case, but does your BCBA have the capacity, the skill set, the time to take that on? Right. You know, so there's just so much to juggle with that, like to balance with that. And um, 
So then we also have like, do they have supervision students underneath them? Like, are they also supervising? And, you know, that could be depending on where that student is in their process. It could be less work for the BCBA in the long run, right? Because maybe they're able to delegate some of those tasks and they're checking in and supervising, monitoring that. But it could be more work for them because they're beginning of their student portion, right? So Mm -hmm. they need more support. Mm -hmm. So you have that. You have like the whole caseload um, itself um, and trying to balance that and the behavior tech support. So I already touched on the skill level of the tech, whether they're newbie or experienced, um, matching those skill sets and matching the skill sets between the BCBA and the tech. I, I feel like I'm just scrambling a lot of reusing a lot of the same words over and over. But um, so hopefully I'm not losing anybody here. But I think like too, like what does the tech need? What kind of support? Like do they need more support in a certain skill area? Like do they need more support in like manding, man training? Um, and so does that match with um, – the clients, the the kids that the BCBA is serving, and are you able to like pull that in together? So there's definitely you have to take all of those things into consideration. Um, it's not as easy as just like slapping down on paper, like on paper, like it's that whole thing that looks good on paper, but it might not really work in real life. As like every BCBA, BCBA B, BCA, BCBA D, I should probably shouldn't have used. BCBA one, BCBA two, and BCBA three have their like, okay, we have these, and then we have, you know, 30 clients. All right, they'll take these 10, they'll take these 10, they'll take these 10, and right. then we'll divvy up the text. Like right. it's not as easy as that. Right. And Steven can Steven, um, I'm gonna lovingly pick on you for mm-hmm. a minute. Like when we first started and he he was like coming on board to help us mm-hmm. with this and had no BCBA experience because um, he's not a BCBA and caseload experience of like how to do all that. Like that was his. He's like, just just do that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, let, let us explain to you a little bit more. And then you started to understand yeah. like the more you learned about it and you got it. But you're like, oh, yeah, that I can see how that's not as cut and dry and as easy as that. So, yeah, so that's what a lot of BCBAs want that balance within their caseload of the students and the clients, the individuals that they're serving, the family, because you're looking at like how much parent training is across, you know, is it a more intensive model of parent training or is that, um, you know, a lot of additional hours for that? And then the tech support. And then you also have the logistics of drive time. Um, How, like, if you have in-home services, what kind of drive time are you looking at? Making sure that it's manageable um, and doable within the time frames that they have. And then if it's like an in-clinic kind of situation, you know, looking at, you know, also like are the right clients there on the right day Hmm. to be able to get your supervision and, you know, like just all those pieces, right? Um, And then another thing is like, I, I, sorry to yeah. interrupt, but like even like uh, when do I get a break, right? When do right. I? <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say too, because like drive time's not a break, right? Like <laughs> when do I get to eat something? <laughs> lunch, right? And so whether it's in home or in clinic, it's like you know when you are looking at those scheduling things, like your BCBAs need lunch and potty breaks too. Yes, you know, and so like really keeping that in mind because I think in a lot of from what I'm understanding from like a lot, if you're three by square clients, just from my experience from in our own company, 
it's like we gave our BCBs a little bit more flexibility within their scheduling. And we'll talk about that a little bit more too. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that that's how it is in a large portion of the businesses, especially if you are this old BCBA, especially sure. starting out, sure. you have a little bit more flexibility. So I think sometimes we assume that they can just fit these things in. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I think, another yeah. big part of like when we had new BCBAs coming up through in or within our company, that's something that we started to offer. It was like that training of how to time management yeah. and schedule to your put that puzzle and, together. Yeah, yeah, because there is a piece of that that even if the company is giving you a good um, portion of that or they're giving you a schedule or they're setting stuff up, like even being able to advocate, okay, well, it takes me this long to drive here. Yeah. I, I, just all the pieces, right? I don't need to break it down into all of that, but that's just like the biggest piece is like really thinking about that balance. And also we'll talk a little bit more about this in one of the future points about like clear expectations of their job description. But I'm gonna touch on it a minute here as kind of a caveat for what I'm about to say is a lot of BCBAs, like they're, especially when they're new coming into this, their understanding is I'm here doing clinical duties, right? Like I'm supervising and training techs and I'm doing assessments and planning and for these kids or individuals that I'm working for. Mm -hmm. And so and when other admin duties start to be asked of the BCBA, sometimes there's that misunderstanding or you know, like, okay, I need to be able to fin focus on my clinical duties. And now I'm being asked to do admin stuff too. So I think that's like really important in the beginning when you're giving that job description of, okay, your general BCBA description, and then you have, okay, here's also what's going to be expected from you for working with our company. Mm -hmm. Or as that changes, as you grow, being able to communicate and clearly define those things. And so I think that's that's really important. But then when you're asking your BCBAs to do these extra admin tasks, or if there are admin tasks that go along side by side with their clinical stuff, right? Like really looking at how long that takes right. and balancing that because at these hours, these minutes add up so quickly yep. before you know it. You have your ACE. Eight, your BCBA like expected to work like an 80 hour work week and you may not even like it's not like you're intending that so really taking that time to communicate with BCBA on like that whole caseload management maybe even coming up with like a survey or a checklist of and then checking in is something that that we we have we talk about too or like check-ins with um what is the the triple the triple c triple the c. Uh, coaching it? clarity conversation yeah so it's just a way of like checking in with your with your staff on a regular basis mm -hmm. and i just some things like mm -hmm. i don't know if you want me to chime in or not i'm going to so uh so on the logistics side things that we were told about was like doing insurance stuff right or yeah, yeah. um like scheduling yep. right like so uh, i'm also scheduling for myself and now my texts and like worrying about cancellations and and things like this that can just I mean, it's a lot, right? And uh, the other thing, like what I've noticed, and this is just from my experience, not as a BCBA, obviously, but it's just, it's surprising how quickly when you leave the, 
like I was an engineer. So when you leave that like engineering position and then you move on to a more of a, a leadership or a management position, um, how quickly you forget about the daily grind, Mm -hmm. right? And how difficult it was because you're moving on to other things and you're like, you have your own new stress to worry about, right? And so it's just, it's funny how quickly you forget, right? And so, you know, that that's kind of why we're talking about this now. The vast majority of the people listening or watching this is probably going to be BCBAs. Um, And it's just that may be something to examine as you're leading the company and moving out of that position of, you know, protocol modification and parent training and assessments. And you're going more into a management position where you don't do this so much on a daily basis anymore. uh, And you have other people to do that just maybe worthwhile investigating that a little bit. Does that make yeah, sense? yeah, definitely. I mean, in that logistics, it's like drive time. Like, is it reasonable? Like, mm-hmm. what are the benefits for, you know, like, are you getting paid drive time or right. mileage? And then, you know, um, being clear up front of like what radius you're going to have, like how much driving right. you would have to do and administrative tasks and like the billable versus non-billable of like what's expected of me. Right. Um, breaks during the day, training and support of techs, because that also understanding that if you have to do over and beyond trainings for techs, like not just your day-to-day like stuff that you can hit in those like supervising supervision meetings, hoping that um, that that is something that you're able to provide so that the BCPA can have time with the tech away from the family, away from the kid to be able to discuss sensitive information, sure. be able to do training. Um, and then also like knowing if the, if the tech needs more training, then, you know, so, so that they can do, have what they need to support who they are intended to support. Right. And then um, the organized scheduling is definitely a big one. And I mean, we could do an entire hour on scheduling. We all know scheduling is the pits. It's hard. It's, challenging but the last thing we want to do is to send our bcbas running all over the world for canceled sessions and no shows so there's a lot of things that can go into organizing schedules to set your bcba up for success yeah and i think like if i i understood the feedback we got a, a little bit too is like you know like if if you have a high turnover rate especially on the tech end right? This just compounds all of these issues, right? And yeah. so like, if you have to retrain your your client's tech, you know, three times a year because of turnover, like that just adds to all of this, right? And so, um, so I, I think that is just another critical piece to look at as you're taking this feedback and moving forward with it or not. But like, at least maybe, again, this may be another area to examine, okay, how how many techs are we losing a year, right? And how much does this affect our BCBAs? And then, you know, again, we talked about this in the hiring process last week, using that calculator to see, and that also may be incentive to just see, okay, not only is this causing stress and anxiety and frustration and like <laughs> complete madness, but like it's also affecting our bottom line pretty, pretty badly, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think that's where we'll go eventually too. Is like we'll we'll do a whole how can you support your techs, right? Because 
I mean, let's face it, our techs are near and dear to us, and they're the ones who are doing the hard work. Doing the hard work. I mean, they're in there every day. And so, um, how, because that is a big need too. How do we support, especially in in home services, how do we support our techs? So, um, but yes, so we're going to move on to the next one. I, you know, this, I'm very, I get very passionate about this and I could spend an hour minimum on each one of these, these points, but I do want to respect everyone's time. And I want to try to get through this, you know, in a decent time frame. Mm-hmm. So, so the next thing is resources. So supplying the devices needed to do the job is one of the big things, right? So, you know, laptops, because we're the, like, we're, we're talking BCBAs here who look at their job description, okay? And I'm not even gonna like list out job description right now because it is gonna be a little different across different companies. But look at your job description for your BCBA and pull that up and have that there. And then have another list and jot down or type out, okay, what would they need to do that job? So, I don't know, write a report. Okay, what do they need to write a report? Well, they need a computer. They have to type it up. They have mm-hmm. to be able to email it. Mm-hmm. They need the assessment, right? They need um whatever, right? So look, they may need to be able to talk to like a speech therapist, right? So maybe they, collaborate. They yeah, yeah, so they so need they a need phone. phone. There you go. Thank you. Uh-huh. So no, but like so devices, you know, laptop, tablet, phone. I feel like it's internet. So, internet yeah, services. So like, please yes. put like especially with in home. Please don't use the family's internet. That's not a good idea for many reasons. And we're not, we don't have time to get into why, but like giving them a cell phone that they can hotspot, right? So they can turn on the internet where they are. They don't have to use Starbucks internet. That's again, not a good idea. So like, so they can do this wherever they need to um, in a secure way. Absolutely. And then another piece too, um, I think in the next slide over or in a couple more slides, we're going to be talking about boundaries too. Mm -hmm. So like when a BCBA has a work phone with a work number, when they're off duty, they can turn it off and put it in their bag or put it in a drawer and they can, it can be done and they don't have to worry about fending calls from the techs or the parents or whoever like, on their time off because we have to also support your work-life balance yeah. as well. All of our employees, but our BCBAs too, tend to be the ones that gets a little bit more blurried with yeah. those lines. So, I mean, but the same thing that goes for all of you. I'm going to point at the game. BCBA owners, don't give out your personal number to yes. employees or clients, yes. right? Get a have work, a work phone. phone. Please yeah. do that. Yeah. And so, so you can shut it off too, because it's mm-hmm. important as, as like, it only gets busier as you grow. And so shut it off, right? So it's off and you can leave. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we, I have so many, I have so many ideas of like <laughs> podcasts for, for business owners and with within like yourself to reduce burnout in yourself. We right. talk about reducing burnout in BCBAs and reducing burnout in our techs. We also will visit that, how to re- reduce in ourselves because we have to lead by example yep. right so back to these be back to our bcas who are supporting though um uh you know having those devices having the devices updated and working order and chargers and all of the things right i think that's pretty i don't know that there's much information more information that is needed by that but i will give a little caveat like make sure you have like all the hipaa stuff like right. the passwords and the 
I'm not going into all that. That's talk to Stephen about that stuff. <laughs> Listen to podcasts, you know, whatever. All that needs to happen. So then assessment kits, right? So there's software, there's, you know, manuals, there um the scoring booklets, like some, you know, like if you go paper pencil route, you, you're going to need a different, like separate accounts. Well, even if you go do software a lot mm -hmm. of times now, or, or like um, web-based version, like mm -hmm. you're going to have to have accounts for different kids. And um, then what materials are needed to perform those assessments yeah. and um, what like training we were, on how to yeah, do those. That's true. Yeah. But we were even guilty of this, like not like expecting an assessment to be done and not having the materials that need to to that you need to do it occasionally and then we, mean, we we then purchase like assessment right. kits but in the early yeah. days in I the mean, early days yeah. i mean like we we were learning too like yeah. i mean there's financial yeah i mean it's expensive you can't get everything all you know so in the beginning we had to really scrounge and find things but even if that's what it is i'm not saying go out and buy the fancy you know, VB map kit or whatever, like piece these things together or, you know, use your resources to be able to get, or if you're expecting your BCBA to do this, you know, account for that balance within their job description of making sure they have adequate time to be able to work on these things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, that's part of their job description, right? So it's like, you know, assessment. So making sure that they have all the parts that they need and then, you know, like in our in our situation, we had a supply a supply well, it was a room, it was a large room where we had shelves and we had all the stuff there. And then the BCBAs had their stuff in a separate location, the stuff that needed to stay together for assessments. It was organized. I mean, there was a sign out sheets for. Yeah, I mean, never kids, so. never as organized as we always hoped it would right. be, right? right? But but at least they were able to access what they needed. Right. And then we also had. Um, so you would need like a process too of like how, okay, so you don't have what's needed. How do they request what's needed, right? right? So that it's not a, it's not difficult to come to you and say, oh, I, I'm really struggling. I'm having to dig through my kid's playroom or I'm having to run to the dollar store to try to find stuff for this assessment. Maybe you're working on a separate part that you haven't, that's not an often, you need materials that you don't, often need or you hadn't needed mm -hmm. up to this point or whatever right how do they access that do they do they have a limit on how much they can spend and be reimbursed for do they have um do you have a form that they fill out and they request certain things and then you know when would they get them and you know like get, get an amazon business account and then give them access to a limited amount like uh, amazon business a great uh, option uh, yeah. highly recommend it they can request certain things and all you have to do is hit approve and yeah. then it's paid for it's shipped like like it saves everyone time highly recommend that yeah. as part of your process that uh, it can be super helpful yeah totally yeah. yeah um and then like office equipment and supplies so like card you know note cards velcro laminating sheets laminator um printer printing working printer yeah working printer <laughs> with um, ink <laughs> with lots of backup of ink um or toner or whatever you call yeah. it so but there again that's going to depend on what that looks like it's going to depend on like are you in clinic are you in home but if you're if you're in home services is there a is there a hub is there an office that they can come to to do these things are they going to be expected to work from home when they're not in 
in sessions? And if so, what kind of allowance do they have, um, f you know, to to get these things right. that they need? Right. Now, it's not like mandatory, right? Like you don't, there are certain things you don't have to buy, like legally supply, but there are a lot of things that are going to be, make your, make your staff's job easier. Therefore, are going to keep they're going to do a better job and they're going to be happier and they're going to stay with you longer. You know, all those things. Yeah, right? I mean, you, you you can't make your staff pay for things that they need to do their job. Right. But we've had employees okay. over the years that we've had to tell stop buying stuff. Right. Like, 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 we'll get those things for you. Let if it's know, Let, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's going to be those people, too. They're just like they want to get as much of it as they can. They think this thing is great. Oh, I just saw this thing at the store. I thought this would be great for kiddo ABC. And and I, I let I'm going to go ahead and get it right. So there's going to be some people that like that. that well, we, I mean, that's why we gave like a budget yeah. too. Of like, okay, mm -hmm. well, that's fine. You can do that up to this account this point. And right. then after that, you have you to ask permission. Stop. You got to stop. Um, or you do like <laughs> it's your, your choice. If you want to spend your money on toys that you're keeping like I didn't, I didn't say they weren't allowed to, right. but we did say that like if they get broken, if they get lost, if they whatever, like they're your, that's on you. Like I'm not replacing those right. things. Of course, there are those, you know, one-off situations mm -hmm. always. But anyway, so yeah. And the other thing, like mm -hmm. if if you are requiring them to print from home, I would even think about supplying them a printer. You can get yeah. portable printers now mm -hmm. that are super cheap and that are that work very well. Uh, that that you know their color it's not like it's not 20 years ago so like all yeah. of this stuff can be done right um and so giving them a printer uh now laminating may be a different story right well they but, have those like little small like laminators yeah, are just like little true. portable things yeah. like and yeah. they don't even really get hot yeah so yeah. so yeah so let's move on to oh, therapy material so you know toys games reinforcers stimuli for programs play-doh paper all of that stuff, right? And so that too, I kind of, I mean, that's very important for BCAs, um, especially if you're doing direct services and you're supporting techs. But then like in the tech level of things, this I get into a lot more detail about that with techs because they're the ones that they're again, like, you know, give them opportunities to, to request, right? Items and to be able to be reimbursed for items and things like that, that they feel that would be helpful to use with their clients um and then training so another major important resource for training we just did a recording earlier and my mind was getting it mixed up i was thinking we talked about it here but we didn't but like even having a budget for okay for bcbas you can have training up to this amount of money per year and then after that you have to request um for additional or and then maybe we have x budget you know being very transparent we have x budget um, of that's open to everyone first come first serve for this fiscal year or whatever right so opportunities for continuing ad allowing them the time off to attend mm -hmm. continuing ad you know it in sometimes it might not be maybe they've already fulfilled their ceus but they have this new case with this new thing and they want to learn more about it and that's part of their job is to do that they're again just part of their job to learn and and to get the resources needed to serve their their clients so uh and then collaboration with other bcvas um if it's not something that you have within your you know you, maybe you just have one or two bcvas and so like how like helping to support them how to get that like 
Um, of course, because especially if they're collaborating on certain cases, like all going about all the correct HIPAA stuff, HIPAA stuff and, and yeah. all that, right? But like, not, you know, encouraging that collaboration with other BCBAs because right. that's very important. Right. I don't know. I just curious question. So mm -hmm. like, I know when when I was working, right, and I had a real job, um, and like we we would have toolboxes to fix our equipment, right, like wrenches and screwdrivers and all that stuff, and we would have to share them amongst employees because not we didn't we didn't get our own toolbox most mm -hmm. of the time and so like things would be missing or they weren't put back in the same right spot or like something would get broken and no one would say anything like that that was probably the most frustrating part of my job was that piece of it like have okay now i have to fill out the report to get the new thing so like like i assume that that is probably very similar for for the clinicians and the techs yeah. i know we're kind of merging this together yeah, no, but absolutely. it's very similar but like i don't know your experience of that like like is that just not the most demoralizing part of it like you're wanting oh i have this assessment i I, I, well, I, I need to know. rush to the office and, and get my kit. And, and then you find, know. oh, there's I, nothing there. Totally. I don't know. Demoralizing. I don't know. Very frustrating <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, like you have your, you have your, yeah. I mean, so yeah, definitely have like, so with it, I mean, that's always. Maybe I'm being dramatic. That's always a thing, right? Like when we needed extra projects, especially like during COVID, of course we were very careful about how many people were in the office at once, but like, you know come in and, and itemize like uh what do you what do you call it when you like take account inventory, inventory mm -hmm. the supplies and the toys clean them you know put new batteries in them fix them right. like locate them you know and, and absolutely it's just like an ongoing thing um or or bcbas having to like you know manage like taking turns with certain things across certain things or how are you going to manage if several techs share a client like how are you managing the materials right. for that like yeah there's so many pieces there but like being finding the need like talking to your staff finding the need what do you need to do your job right. you know how can i help you and so it's like yeah well you you're giving me you're buying all these amazing toys but i can't keep track of them and they keep getting broken right. and lost and 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 you know Susie's trunk you know right like um or i forgot them at, somebody forgot them at home and they haven't brought you know there's all those things that, so there's no way to like keep that from happening, but you can minimize it. You can have policies and procedures in place and follow those policies yeah. and procedures and, and, and keep track of like, you know, making sure that everyone's following those so that you can have, so that the resources are available, um, the best that we possibly can. Cool. So clear procedures. There we go. So, you know, like I've said, clear expectation of the job. They, you know, your your clinician, your BCPA needs to know what's expected of them. Everyone needs to know what, you know, it's, that's just, that's. Yeah, I think everyone wants to do a good job, right? They all want to feel like they're they're doing what they're supposed to be. I, am I, yeah, am I, am I, um, advice is not just a little paragraph blurb of what your BCBA, like, of what a BCBA is, right? Um, but an itemized ongoing checklist that include like operationally defined these things, spell them out very clearly. Um, you know, it's not like, oh, the BCBA will do this and this and this, et cetera. <laughs> you know? well, okay, that just 
opens up for a lot of confusion. Right. Um, so having, I mean, and it doesn't mean it can't change, right? right? So having that ongoing living document of a list of what is, you know, like we have, like what I would suggest is having like a supervisor handbook, a BCBA handbook. And part of that handbook is like describing their expectations and their duties and having like the checklist and, you know, referring back to the BACB task list. Uh, as well and the ethics and you know referring all that back to there but then within your company having that very set very clear and that also helps when it's like time to give feedback too you could say like a b c and d like these 10 things are your top things that need to be done on a monthly basis and you know hey i need to check with you touch base with you on number three we haven't you know i haven't been seeing this how you know Mm -hmm. what what's going on how can i help you um and then you want your policies and procedures to be easy to understand. Therefore, like I said, like clearly defined. Um, don't worry about jargon unless the jargon is important part of it. Um, just make it very clearly defined and easy, easy to understand. Um, and then you could also, like I said, with the evaluations, right? Like you can even like as you're training new BCBAs or as BCBAs like students are coming up within your company, then you can even like behavior skills training works really well. Um, it's something we're supposed to be using with our techs, but it also works really well with our BCBAs too and teaching just the policies and procedures. And within that, you're going to have that like basically like a task analysis type thing anyways, a work instruction or, you right. know, a, is each one of the, these so that you can also like record data and, and, and um, you know, give feedback on And then like when you have your policies and procedures, your handbook, um, yes, you're, you're like we talked about with the hiring process, but then having an additional, like I said, one for BCBAs, for supervisors, for people on on this job description, but don't just throw it, just like we said with hiring process, don't just throw them the handbook and say, hey, like Um, making sure that, you know, you're, you're having them read it. You're going over important parts with them. Like you're doing like competency checks and, um, and you're accepting, you're open and accepting feedback and Mm -hmm. questions. Um, if they have a hard time understanding, like, what do you mean by this? This isn't clear to me. Um, being open to sitting down and saying, wow, you're right. I guess this isn't clear. Like I, I've looked at this for 10 years now and I just, that's just how it is. How, how, like, give me some feedback. Help me, like, make this more clear or yep. whatever, right? Like, just being really open and, um, and, and willing to, um, discuss these to help them to be clear <laughs> and easy to understand. Let's see, I just can check my little, my notes here. So, and we're going to talk more about this, like at the end, um, spoiler alert, the thing not to do is to micromanage our employees. Um, and part of that is like having these clear expectations and having it spelled out so clearly, like you can say here, this is what I want from you. This is what I need from you. This is my expectation. Take it and go. And and, and then you you can step back and you can let them. And it, it kind of keeps trust, you from having trust, to be yeah. that trust point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um but even beyond trust, it's like you might trust them, but you still might be worried they don't know what to do sure. because you don't have it clearly spelled out. Right. Uh, and then just a little trick here. This is something that I learned through the years that I like thought that I had to do it all myself as an owner. No, no. Guess what? When you hire your, <laughs> hire your first BCBA, 
it can be okay. You still want to have things as clear as possible as the best that you can with what you have. But that can be part of there. You know, a lot of us are like, okay, we're hiring our first PCA, but it's going to take them six months to get credentialed. And they, they're going to be done with their current job in like three months. So I've got three months. We're going to do some training, but like have them help write the yep. stuff, right? And as new procedures come up and new issues and new things, like have the BCBAs help you. Now, there again, put in their expectation. Right. Make sure they have time for it or that you make time for that. You know, you help make time for them. But especially while they're waiting for their caseload to build. These are really, this is a really great idea because um, this also matches their skill set and their training to being able to like uh, type up. Um, it's also nice to have a, a different set of eyes reviewing your stuff. Absolutely. Like you said, like maybe it's not clear enough. You you may like say, this is perfectly clear. I know exactly what to expect from this. And, and they're like, what are you even talking about? So yeah, having a different set of eyes uh, look at it mm -hmm. from a different perspective, it, it can be super helpful. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But then, um, and then also making sure that um, your company behavior matches the policies and procedures, that you're also following the policies and procedures and that you're enforcing that in that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more needs to be said about yeah, that. But I, I mean, I just, no one likes it when yeah, you're I think getting rules can... thrown at them. And this is how you need to do it. But I don't have to do this because I'm the owner. Yeah, I mean, or like, you know, you, you're because your best staff are going to follow your rules probably as close to 100% as it possibly can be done. And so if they see other staff um, not following those rules, again, that talk about morale, uh, like a, a kick to the morale, right? Mm -hmm. If your best performing um, you know, uh, staff see that and they're like, no one is following these rules except for me, not even the owners. Uh, that can be very, yeah, it's just disheartening. Um, yeah. and, and you're more likely to lose those high quality, high performing staff. Right. So, yeah, I, I like, so, you know, going, you mentioned it already, but these are living documents. They're, they're always going to change. Um, and so, having that built into the system that you're going to review them and that if the behavior for whatever reason because something new um and, and maybe more effective the behavior no longer matches that policy or procedure then let's change that policy Absolutely. or procedure. and that's hard to do i mean that's hard to keep up with for sure mm -hmm. but as you grow you know and you're and you're coming up with a list of things to delegate that that could definitely be one of those things that's nice to delegate out to other other people right. within the company, whether it's right. admin or a lead BCBA or something, right? right. Like, um, but then also acknowledging like feedback doesn't sometimes, I don't know, sometimes maybe this is just me, but sometimes when I hear feedback, I hear like, tell you how, what you're doing wrong, tell you how to do it differently or tell you how to change it or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but feedback can also be positive too. Like, Hey, I really thanks. I really like the way you're, you know, we're, that's what we do. Right. Um, but making sure that we acknowledge our BCBAs um, when they're following their the expectations, you yeah, know. Yeah, everybody like, wants you know, acknowledgement, yeah, right? Acknowledgement. And, and, and to feel appreciated, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right, so ethics, you know, ethics. Just a side note, but with but without getting into that right now, but like this is something when I'm talking to BCBAs that are considering building their business, right? Yeah. This is like 
the vast majority of the people that I talk to are like, eh, the situation that I find myself in right now is case management is out of like out in left field, right? So I've got so many hours, so many cases, so many texts. I can't do it all. And I don't have the resources, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have the support and I need, like, I can't stay here any longer. And so now I'm going to make my mm-hmm. own thing and I want it to be ethical, <laughs> want to be supportive. So like, I hear this all the time. So I, I just think that, yeah, yeah. Again, like when you move into that leadership position, you just, the day-to-day grind just goes away. It evaporates and you're focusing on something else. And so it's just, it's easy to forget about these things, right? Absolutely. I mean, so I was going, I was trying my best to make it through like an event without like talking about values because I don't like, I don't want to be like preachy, but, um, but this is where values come in, right? So if you know your values, if you know your company values, if you're, if you're living it and breathing it and, and you're checking in with it and you have a system for yourself to check in with these values on a regular basis. It helps to keep you grounded and it helps you to not become that person's company that you left because it can happen so quickly. Right. And, and so, yeah, having these things in place, we start, you know, because too, like as a, as a business owner, we're like, especially when you're starting up those first few years, Oh my gosh. It's just so overwhelming. There's so many things. Right. And so it's really easy to lose. Even if you're like, no, I, I still have one client that, you know, like I'm still seeing a client, like I'm still stay, staying grounded. I'm still making sure like I was. And then at some point you you can't yeah. anymore. And so or I, I say you can't. I don't know your situation. Sure. Maybe you, you can because you're staying very small. And you just have a couple of, mm-hmm. you know, yourself and maybe another BCBA. Um, but, you know, something that I'm, I'll get back to this here in a second, but follow these yourself like you're starting this like okay you have a new company right now you're the bcba you're the business person you're the clinical director and director of operate you're all the things right now the officer hipaa officer but your job description is also being a bcba Mm -hmm. and supervising staff and uh, be a tax and delivering services. I mean, that's the like, that's what we're about. Um, are, are the people that we're serving, um, follow these for yourself. Yeah. Yes. Follow them for yourself. Yep. Too. Yep. All right. So ethical. So, you know, there's so much we could get into here. I'm going to keep it kind of light. Um, but basically like modeling and promoting the ethical behavior. So like following all the, you know, BACB ethics, right? Like, of course, right? Because that's, that's like our governing board. So we, you know, we need to, mm-hmm. but then um, also, what does that like, what does that look like for you and your company? How do you want to show up ethical there? Again, you can do this through your values. But even aside from that, you can just to say, okay, what, what does it mean to me uh, to be ethical? What does it look like for me to have an ethical company and really break those down yes. into some really tangible, concrete things that you can like, then use as your pillars and you can go back and you can focus, you can like ground yourself in those and you can go back and remind yourself, like, I don't know, like it could be whatever, right? Like within the ethical realm, there's so many different things that it could be that are important to you and why you 
have started this business, but just making sure that you're also modeling it and you're promoting it within your company and that you have open communication and transparency. Um, and and you you talk to your staff about what to do when they're like the policy and procedure, the clear expectation of the policy and procedure of what to do when they find themselves in a situation that they're like, okay, this is not ethical and this is not within the company's ethics or not within the board, you know, board's ethics. Um, so having that spelled out, what do they do? Who do they go to? What mm -hmm. giving them that avenue so they don't have to guess and so right. that they don't have to be in a situation where they're I mean, it's going to be uncomfortable anyways, probably, but like, so that, um, because sometimes when it, you're, when it's too difficult to, to do that, then they're not going to come to you and they're not going to talk to you about it. Right. And then it's, you'll find out eventually yeah. and it won't be, it won't be easy and it won't be pretty. Yeah. And I do also, I also recommend like having a whistleblower policy, hopefully yes. never, ever, yeah. ever needed, but like, at least again, that's just something that, that you can show your staff, Hey, this is where you go. If you have no idea where to go. Uh, so that's just another layer for your, for your protection as well. Right. Because none of us wake up in the morning and say, let's do something unethical. Right. Like, uh, so, uh, yeah. So having those systems in place, highly recommend for sure. Yep. Right. And then holding, holding your team accountable. Right. So, um, you know, they're, they're again, that could look like different, many different things, but it's not just about giving uh, I think this is on my mind because we just finished recording the, the part three for the right. hiring process yeah. and we kind of ended on the note of like termination and warnings and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like, yes, giving them the feedback, following your procedures that you have, like if they're not, like they're not within the boundaries of the expectations of what you need. Definitely if it's like ethical, but it's ethical for you as a business owner to communicate that with them like if you're if you're if they're not doing what you need or they're not following the policies you you have to follow your policies to hold them accountable and to yeah. communicate that with them i don't know steven is there anything that you feel like i missed on this i know i'm brushing over ethics mm -hmm. it's not because it's not important it's that it's just it could it's like i'm trying not to get stuck here and talk about this for too long yeah, but I do you feel like i hit a the important pieces yeah i think it's just like holding everyone accountable i think is really important and this is i i don't think that this is necessarily the board ethics that we're talking about here no, so much not, i mean it yeah. is but it's also just like like how you treat people consistently you treat everyone similar right when it comes to these things and that you're you're and this includes yourself so that Again, these policies and procedures mm -hmm. and systems that you have created when you create your ethical company, right. um, that everyone is is following this. And that if they're not, then you're holding them accountable and that you're promoting those people that are following them. So everyone sees, oh, the more that I, I, I follow this, the better position I will find myself in. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I just I think that having those things in place and even having an ethics officer or like, you know, when we get into session notes, having like a quality officer, like things like that, like putting those systems in place can benefit everyone and also be super ethical and promote that company that you're wanting to create. Right. Because when we're talking about ethics, you know, we're not only talking about how we treat our staff, how we treat our employees, but how we bill, yes. how we write reports, how mm -hmm. we treat our clients, how yeah. we take new clients, how like there. So I think too, like, 
I, I really feel like there should be like an in-house training of like, this is how we show up as an ethic comp- ethical company. These are the things we do. And, and it also like helps to communicate with everyone on the tech level too. Like, it, like this is how we show up. This is how we do it. And if you, you know, like, I guess that's kind of whistleblower, but maybe on a much um, less dramatic and intense version. But like, hey, if you're not seeing this, like, let's talk about it. Or if you're concerned that maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think too for BCBAs, because I think BCBAs are, some of them have a lot to do with the billing process, right? right? Especially if you're doing it yourself. Um, But the piece of understanding the billing um, is important because, yeah, I, that's what I said. I don't want to get too much into this. We, but, but there are all the parts of being, you know, of, of having an ethical company and communicating that with your team, and it helps to hold yourself accountable too. Yeah, and and I think like what you're getting at maybe it's it's not so much a whistleblower policy. It's like, again, it goes back to having that values based uh, like like mindset and 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 having that ability it's more of an open uh uh, environment and people feel safe and they feel valued and they feel that their concerns are your concerns and that they can bring you hey like this thing is going on what do we do with this and it may not be an ethical issue right now but if you wait six months and ignore it, it might then be an ethical issue, right? Where you find yourself in a very serious situation. So having those systems in place where people do feel like they can provide accountability to themselves and to others, regardless of, am I, you know, am I a tech, am I allowed to hold my BCBA accountable? Yeah, you better, right? And, and, and we want that. Yeah. Uh, we want all of that. And so having that ability within your company, I, I think, is just really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. All right. So the last thing to do to support your BCBA within your company is um, compact, to have compassion. Um, so, you know, within this, like, work-life balance, and that could even go back to case um, uh, caseload management, too, um, but making sure that... Um, you're allowing the space for work-life balance and, and this is our job but i think that you know it's it's your it's my employees responsibility to have their work-life balance right that that's what a lot a lot of the mentality of a lot of people and yes to some extent but it's also important for us to promote that work-life balance and to make the culture, the work culture in the sense that it's okay to have work-life balance because of all the things, right? Of all the, all the research is showing that like, then you're going to have um, less turnover. You're going to have happier and healthier stuff. But that's not what this is about. I'm, I'm just going to, I just want to stop emailing your BCBAs and texts at eight o'clock at night. Stop it. Stop yes. it. If they don't work on the weekend, stop it. Right. Please stop it. So, and, and this is not just for them, but it's also for you. Stop yeah. it, please. Like yeah. give yourself a break too. Yeah. And so if, if they see, Hey, like the owners stop emailing me at eight o'clock every night, or they're no longer emailing me on the weekend. Like you can send email, you can type your email at midnight. Cause I've done this many times and then make it so that it sends out at nine 30 in the morning. Right. And so you get out whatever you, 
you wake up in a panic. I've done that way too many times. And so then you write your email down and then you get it, you send it out at 10 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. Uh, like you do that, but like it, give yourself a break as well and try to promote that within your company. But that that's just- Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Like that's, that's you know, the work-life <laughs> balance and, and promoting that self-care and, and boundaries. Be selfish. I mean, be selfish and, 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 and then you give it to everybody in your in your company yeah right? i mean that's what you know you took my last you took Sorry. my point but okay. but no but seriously <laughs> boundaries because that was one of the biggest things as a business owner um especially when we got to the point where we had multiple bcbas we were growing quickly we hadn't hired our like lead we hadn't like made a position for like a, a lead bcba yet and we had little a little like a little child, we had like, you know, life, right? And um, I don't even remember what gave me the strength to do it because in my people pleasing way that I work, you know, I was answering emails and calls and but but I was also expecting other people to answer emails and calls. And it was like the 24 seven, like ongoing, I, I, you know, I hate to use the word drama, but it, it did get dramatized. Things that were not a problem were being made a problem. Right. Things that were not a priority were being made a priority. The priorities were all out of whack. I could see it in my BCBAs and my, and my staff, like I could see like the way they were responding to texts and responding to parents. Not that it's bad to respond, but the the need to be to to like jump everything was a on fire. everything was a fire yeah. Yeah. and we were, I was like what is going on and I was able to step back and get curious and this was before I even learned how to step back and get curious but I somehow was able to do it and I would I enforce boundaries uh and I was like okay I don't even remember what time I decided anymore mm -hmm. but at the time I was like I am no longer answering work text or emails or phone calls after X period, say seven o'clock. I don't, I don't remember what it was. And I had my first BCBA, like she, she was messaging me, she had questions and I had such an internal struggle because I was like, these questions are so important. She right. needs to know this right now. Yeah. And then I was like, but does she, are they? Right. And I was able to vary. It was, it was like so hard, right? I was like, I don't remember what I sent, but it was like, you know, oh, these, I, I hear, you know, these questions, I validated her questions, but then I was like, um, but we can continue talking about this at nine o'clock in the morning or something like that. I set that boundary and she like her feelings hurt and she was like texting me, but, 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 and then she came to me like the next day or the couple of days after. I don't know if you're, if you're the BCBA who I'm talking about and you're listening, you know, you know, you know, but, um. And she was like, wow, I just had to say, I was really impressed. Like that, like I, my feelings were hurt. But then I was like, wow, she's setting boundaries. Okay. Like I have respect for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know, it wasn't like a light switch and then oh, everything was great. Mm -hmm. But then it did start shifting that culture within our workplace and my own self. And, you know, guess what? There weren't any fires. Right. And at that time we didn't have any... Now, at, at one, before we got to this point, we did have at-risk cases. We did have high, we did have some on-call type cases when we were with the county, but 
this was no longer. We right. we we weren't providing that kind of service. So I could turn it off at night and it'd be okay. Right. And 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 everything would still be back there the next day. My BCBAs were starting to learn to turn it off. Like it be, just became what it is. And that is the start of a work-life balance. Yes, it, it will be there tomorrow. It, it yeah. will always be there tomorrow. Yeah. And then having that empathy that we are in, we, we work in a helping field and we work with people and people are peopley and people, oh, people are hard to deal with. And so like, Including yourself. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> we all have those difficult days, whether yeah. it's because of something that happened at home or because we were just in an IEP meeting or some kind of meeting and got our, like, just did not feel like we did a good job or whatever, mm -hmm. or we were just dealing with difficult people. Maybe a parent was having a really hard time and we were trying to support them and we don't feel like we're able to support them in the way that they needed it. Mm -hmm. The maybe the kid was just completely having a rough time, and we were trying to support our tech. And I mean, so many things, right? But having that empathy and understanding that we're going to have rough times, we're going to have hard days, we're going to have you know tough situations, and within appropriate boundaries, right? Like we still have to keep those boundaries and with and hold the expectations, but understanding that our staff has a personal life, and sometimes they're going to have to. They're not going to be able to come to work. Sometimes they're going to have to leave work quickly to take care of something, right? Um, and just like letting that lead to curiosity to to talk to your staff. How can I help? How can I support mm -hmm. within the boundaries of what you can do, like within the job? And then having that growth mindset, like allowing for humanness. I'm not going to go into growth mindset. If you don't know what it is, you know, do a Google search. If that's something that you want me to do more of a deep dive on another day, we can do that. But it's basically just allowing for mistakes and that we can learn from our mistakes is like a quick way of saying it. Mistake is not a bad thing. It's yeah. like uh, an opportunity to learn. Right. Exactly. Now, yes, there's those extreme circumstances that if you break a policy, then you're going to have immediate yes. termination, right? Like if you do something pretty. I'm talking about the day to day. Yes. Oh, I forgot to record that data for demanding what, you know, like. I, oh gosh, I thought my session was at 10 and it was at nine. And this is a session that changes time frequently. I, you know, like those kinds of things, right? Like we're human. Uh, oh man, I forgot the, my iPad at home, right? Now, if these things happen, these mistakes happen Reiterate. over and over, then that it's allows for start. curiosity yeah. for us to say, okay, what's going on here? How can we support, you know, mm -hmm. these kinds of things. But like not lecturing or going, giving, giving your, your, you know, like your staff member a stern talking to, or <laughs> I mean, we all have bad days too. So then if we do, then we can come back around and be like, Hey, listen, I was really hard on you the other day. I was, I was dealing with my mistake that I made right. and I took it out on you for your mistake that you made. And let's talk about this. How can we, how can we repair and work forward on this to, you know, be there for each other and for our clients or whatever. Right. So just having that allow and having that openness within the culture of your community of your work to have them to be feel comfortable coming come to you and discuss these things with you i wish we could talk so much more about that right now but we will save that for another day and then drum roll please dun, dun, dun. the thing not to do <laughs> so like try to stay away from micromanaging your team i think it's something especially as a startup and as like 
being a BCBA and, and, and starting your company and you're the person and you wear all the hats and then you have, you, it's time to start, you know, as much as we're, we get excited when it's time for us to start delegating, sometimes it can be difficult to delegate and let go. You could be like me and a complete control freak and, uh, right? And I it mean, is I'm, what it is. I, I'm not saying anything right now about that, but, <laughs> but I think it, so there again, we have clear expectations, right? Um, and then we have regularly scheduled meetings with our BCBAs to, to be able to stay in touch and have that ongoing opportunity. Like, let's right. say like every second Tuesday of every month, I'm going to meet with this BCBA, whatever, you know, but if you have it like on an ongoing thing, then that also cuts down on those like last minute frantic phone calls too, right? Because, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have her complete attention on Tuesday. I'll talk to her about it on Tuesday. It can wait till Tuesday. And, you know, being able to, like to promote confidence and independence by creating opportunities and giving them the chance to make it their own, right? Okay, so I've hired my first BCBA. Okay, here's how I do everything and you must do it like me. Well, no, here are the expectations. Here are the guidelines that I want you to work within and let's communicate through this, right? And, and also not even just in the job expectation of like the the like admin type like stuff too but like within the clinical piece of it because i think sometimes especially if they're like our clients our first clients our first hires i mean no like the like the kids that we work with okay. like or individuals i mean mm -hmm. I, I get that not everybody works with little kids with right. autism and i get that there are other people out there that's what i did was early intervention with kids with autism so that tends to be where i go to but like these few children were my first clients for my company, my baby that I right, started. Right, 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 right. And these are my, and you know, protecting them. and I'm protecting them. Yeah. And this is how I want to run their programming right. or I don't know. This is how I do it. So you should do it that do way. It too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the intention behind it is. But giving, allowing that flexibility within programming, too. Right. you know, as long as they're in the in the guidelines of what they're doing, but you hired them. Um, for a reason and you know they're a bcba they they did all the things right, right. not you know I, I know there's exceptions to the rules and there's always learning there's, there's always, always opportunity to opportunity. improve yes but yes. right yeah, you're so right. but like being able to i but i think that if you have that open communication the open environment where your staff is feel safe and there's trust within the workplace and um you give those clear expectations and that gives that room to allow for that independence and so that they can gain confidence within their position within your company. And then it allows you time to learn and grow from them too. And then allowing, being open, allowing your, your staff to come for you for help, mm -hmm. um, to ask for help and, um, but not, overstepping too much so like having that balance of like providing help but not then just jumping in and doing it all for them right um yes and so i know it's like so much to try to finish up in five minutes so and then we talked about delegation um so being able to delegate those tasks giving clear expectations and a deadline time frame to be able to get through that and then back yeah. And let them do it. Let them make mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, you have to have the trust that you've set up the systems and you've set up the environment and the company and you've hired this person 
and you have the communication and you have the abilities and all your values-based leadership to be able to deal with anything that, that comes up. Yeah, I mean, this part for me is hard, right? Like, I still I still have a hard time with delegating and, and being okay with that. So, like, I don't know. It's just, just part of it. But anyway, um, so, yeah. It's all, I'm not saying it's easy. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. But yes, so I know we went way over. Well, not too bad over. It's about in, in, in our normal range. Um, but yeah, if there's anything else um, that you guys want further information on or you want us to do like, you know, get into like get into more detail detail on certain areas or certain things yeah just just um, reach out to us and let us know yeah and if after watching this or during watching this uh you know you again you know like especially uh just picking on the behavior network right now but just because of the there is a, a wider audience in there uh with, that is not just business minded or focused on on starting a business if you have any feedback in here of like Oh yeah, that was great, but right here's a, here's another fifteen ways. Please feel free if if you feel comfortable, uh, pl- just po- post it in there because I, I think that it, it's all we're all gonna be better from it. We'll we'll all learn from it, and and if we can support each other, right. I, I don't know, maybe that's too kumbaya. I mean, but, it, uh, but, it, but it is. It's about collaborating. I mean, yeah. that's that's why you started yes. three by squared is to help other agencies, not only just to help a bunch of startups. But to help us to do a good job and to be ethical and to all those things. Right. right? I, I hope so. I mean, that's, that, you know, that's my hope is that I can help a little bit. And and so, yeah, I mean, if, if there's anyone in there that's like, yeah, there are these things too. I, I just really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind commenting in there or just chat me and, and I'll put them in and, 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 and then they'll be posted anonymously. I think it's important. I, I think it, it helps us all and it makes us all better if we can all learn from each other. So Absolutely. that's it. Thank you guys for joining us today and we'll see you again next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about 3Pi Squared and the products and services that we provide, please go to www.3pisquared.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe or add it to your favorites. This way you won't miss any episodes. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching 3Pi Squared. Thank you so much for listening.